Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode four of the 2024 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And can you hear it? It's right around the corner. That noise you're hearing, the crowd. Yeah, college football is almost here. It's right around the corner, less than a week away Saturday, August 26th, week zero of the college football season, which means that following week, we've got the first full slate of games. College football is back, baby, and I cannot be any more excited. So what we've been doing the last couple of podcasts is really doing a conference outlook. We've taken a look at the SEC and the Big Ten. Now it's time to take a look at the Big 12. This was a conference at one point, thought that it might have been on its last legs. Oklahoma, Texas possibly going to the Pac-12, forming a super conference out there. Then Oklahoma and Texas decide, you know what, we're actually going to move east to the SEC. But what does the Big 12 do? They turn around and they bring in Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, UCF. And while they're strengthening in numbers, the Pac-12 out on the West Coast, especially without that TV deal, they wind up essentially blowing up that conference. That, that conference implodes. USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington heading off to the Big Ten in 2024. And this same conference is going to pick up the Arizona schools, both U of A and ASU, along with Utah and Colorado. But again, that's in 2024. So we won't be talking about those programs in this podcast. We'll actually be talking about them in the last hurrah of the Pac-12 here in a couple of a uh, couple of episodes. But it's time to really take a look at the Big 12. And when you think about these new teams coming in, I think when you look at, at the Big 12 overall, there's there are a lot of teams, you know, TCU coming off of uh, you know a dream season getting to the college football playoff and then the championship game max duggan at quarterback really kind of a cinderella story you look at at k-state and what they've been able to bring to the table you know iowa state not quite as good as they've been in in recent years you know you have brock purdy will mcdonald the fourth is gone now playing obviously with the 49ers and jets respectively Kansas is an intriguing team, I think. You know, Jalen Daniels there. I think what Lance Leipold is doing there in Lawrence is really interesting. Um, I think that's going to get a lot of eyes there. Um, but it, it's a conference. Look, you know, Texas, I think it's their con- their conference to lose. OU under Brent Venables really trying to build things back up there uh, with that program. Um, and when I look at it, I think the four teams coming in, looking at the Big 12, saying, you know what? The conference isn't nearly as deep as it was. But I think the Big 12, the existing Big 12 teams are also looking at these four teams and saying, you know what, we're catching them at the right time coming into the Big 12 Conference. Cincinnati, just a couple of years removed from Desmond Ritter, but there are a lot of question marks now on this Scott Satterfield-led team. Then you look at Houston. What are they going to do now that Clayton Toon and Tank Dell have taken their talents to the NFL? UCF, I, I don't think that they've been on the same level since they had their undefeated season. And then BYU, I think, you know, they, they've had really exceptional quarterback play. You know, there was Zach Wilson days and then Jaron Hall. What is it going to be like with Keaton Slovis, at quarterback, Kalani Sataki, going to have to figure some of that out, that dynamic. Hey, they're finally in a conference and really get to see what they can do there. Um, so it's really going to be interesting, you know, the, the dynamic here with a lot of this playing out. So, you know, without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump right into things. We're going to take a look at each 
teams, draft eligible prospects, really just kind of break everything down, what to expect, and then ultimately give you my thoughts on really how that conference shakes out. So when we look at Texas, you've got Quinn Ewers, a quarterback, 6'2", 204 pounds. You know, th this is a guy, look, you know, a, a redshirt sophomore, all the hype, all the hoopla coming uh, from from Ohio State. This guy, you know, was a, a five-star quarterback. Obviously, everyone talking about him. He lands in Texas and really had Alabama on the ropes, right? I mean, he, he really looked the part, was playing very well, and I think that was one of the things that everyone got excited about was, man, Quinn Ewers, it looks like he's going to be the real deal. Um, then he gets hurt. Hudson Carr has to come in. Ultimately, uh, Nick Saban is able to uh, eke out the victory there with, with Bryce Young leading that offense. Uh, but consistency was a huge problem. Uh, you know, through 10 games, you know, 2,100 yards passing, 58.1% uh, completion percentage, 15 touchdowns, six interceptions. Um, this was a guy that um, didn't show off too much, you know, in terms of the wheels. You know, a guy that I think did a better job manipulating the pocket, but he's not a guy that's going to beat you with his legs. Um, you know, this it's crazy for as as good as Quinn Ewers has been. Uh, you know, in terms of the the hype train, um, there, there's talk that you know Arch Manning sitting behind him. You know, the fact that this true freshman, I think, is making $4 million you know, on, on his NIL deal and he hasn't even taken a collegiate snap yet, there's going to be pressure. If Quinn Ewer struggles, I think there's going to be pressure to put Arch Manning in, which, I mean, is crazy because there's a chance if Quinn Ewers has a big year, can put it all together and really show he can challenge defenses vertically, show that he can make those throws to the wide side of the field on a line, show those pinpoint accuracy, being able to layer those throws uh, you know, over the linebacker, in front of the safety. Those are going to be throws that he needs to make on a consistent basis there for, for Texas. And, you know, that's going to be the big question mark is, is who's going to be the quarterback of the Texas Longhorns by season's end. But I, I think what you do have and what's shaping up for him is he's got a lot of talented receivers at his disposal. I think number one on that list is going to be Xavier Worthy. 6'1", 164 pounds. This is a guy that I think can beat you on the outside. He can beat you in the slot. Um, very dynamic uh, dynamic receiver. A guy that I think um, has a great chance to challenge for a, a first-round spot at that wide receiver position. You know, A guy that, look, he's so sudden with the route running. You can see that as a punt returner as well. Uh, but then you pair him up with a huge receiver in A.D. Mitchell coming over from Georgia, 6'4", 195 pounds. And A.D. Mitchell, you know, a guy that wasn't used a, a ton over there, you know, 38 catches, 560 yards, seven touchdowns in the last two seasons. Um, you know, this is a kid that's coming in. I think he really wants to showcase his talent. Um, the orange-white game for Texas, he looked great. You know, there was a, a great one-handed catch uh, in the end zone. I think this is a guy that is going to be able to use that size, um, you know, really building some some chemistry there with, with Quinn Ewers. This will be another deep threat, kind of taking some pressure off Xavier Worthy. And then you've got Jordan Whittington, 6'1", 205, a physical receiver, 50 catches, 652 yards this past season. Um, this is a guy, some inopportune drops. I think that's something that's really hurt him. Um, I, I look at Whittington as a, as a day three type of guy. You know, he was a number two receiver a, a season ago. I think now he'll probably be number three on that list. I think this is a guy that can attack uh, the underneath routes, show you know everyone that he can be a, a slot receiver and, and really be able to kind of add things to that, that arsenal, that repertoire, if you will. And then there's Jatavion Sanders. 
big number zero, 6'4", 241, the junior. He was number three uh, in terms of receiving, uh, 54 catches, 613 yards, five touchdowns. This is a guy that's going to be able to stretch uh, the seam coming down the field. I think that's something that, that is, is going to be evident. You're going to see him you know, making plays, coming across the field, breaking tackles, get down, getting down the field as well. But I think he's really improving as an inline blocker. I think really the, the question is, is who's going to be that number tight end behind Brock Bowers? It's going to be Jatavion Sanders, I believe, and, and a big year for him. I think we could be talking about him as a fringe first rounder, likely a, a second round pick. Um, but I think he, he's a guy that uh, is going to be a vital weapon for Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning, whoever's going to be lining up there at quarterback. The big question mark is going to be that running game. You got to replace B. John Robinson. You got to replace Roshan Johnson. How do you replace it? the Dope Walker award-winning running back, and then obviously Roshan as the backup. That's a lot of yards on the ground. You know, that's that's basically you know, over 2,000 yards on the ground. Uh, you know, 300, what, 50 carries, 23 touchdowns. So Jonathan Brooks, the sophomore, has has his work cut out for him. 340 yards in his career. Uh, you got Keelan Robinson, uh, a guy that came over from Alabama. Um, C.J. Baxter is the, the nation's number one running back, you know, as, as a freshman. Um, so I, I think that's going to be the big question mark is, you know, teams, you're going to have to uh, be able to run the football. And, and that's going to be huge for, for Quinn Ewers, especially a guy that can't necessarily create with his legs. Um, now I just saw a stat, and uh, as, I'm, as I'm talking here, Lindy Sports uh, – noted that Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson accounted for 87% of the rushing yards for Texas last season. These kids, these young guys, are going to have to step up and be able to take some of the pressure off the quarterback spot because, look, if teams are rushing three and dropping eight and Quinn can't necessarily uh, create on his own with his feet, he's going to have to be able to be patient and you know the, the timing routes aren't always going to be there. He's going to have to be patient for a receiver to come open. They're going to have to get creative with some of their, their routes to get that passing attack going. So I think that's going to be huge for them is, is can they really get the ball going on the ground. Um, you know, One of the things that I will say is they, they return four starters. Uh, the left side is intact. Kelvin Banks, I think a guy that we'll be talking about next year's draft, only a sophomore. Uh, you know, Hayden Connor, Jake Majors, left guard in the center. But the guy I'm keeping an eye on is the big right tackle, number 70, Christian Jones, 6'6", 322 pounds. This is a guy I think can be a right tackle at the next level. Uh, good power in his game. I think underrated athleticism as well. I think he's the guy that's really going to be the, the leader of this offensive line. And a guy, you know, I, I expect Texas to run right behind number 70 uh, early and often. Now, you look at the defensive side of the football, and they return a lot of starters, a lot of veteran leadership there. They get a couple of transfers in as well. Uh, I think you know this defense has a chance to be very opportunistic, and you know if they get a team on its heels, that, that's something that they need to, to take advantage of. But this was a team that, that struggled to put pressure on the quarterback, 71st in sacks a season ago. Um, when you look at this, though, they're going to be led by, by Baron Sorrell up front. 6'4", uh, 262 pounds, the jack, uh, a guy that I think can play with his hand in the dirt. He could also rush coming off the edge. Five and a half sacks a season ago. This is a guy who I think is primed and ready to have a big year. Um, you know, Nine tackles for loss, seven quarterback hurries, and a forced fumble. 
Uh, thank you, Lindy Sports, for, for the, the stats as well. This is a guy, again, he has to have a big year for me to be in consideration as a as a top five pass rusher. I think he has the ability, he has the potential, but um, we just haven't seen him put everything together and be that dominant force. And, and that's really what I'm looking for out of Baron Sorrell. Um, but look, you know, make no mistake, he's a guy that if he has a big year, double digit sacks, we could be talking about him as a first round pick. Now up front, obviously they've lost Keandre Coburn. Moro Ojomo is no longer there as well. Uh, but you have big number 93, Devondre Sweat. 6'4", 355 pounds. This dude is massive. A guy that is just going to eat up a ton of blockers. Um, a guy that moves pretty well for, for his size, which is, is you know quite surprising uh, when you watch the guy move. But uh, I, I think he's a better prospect than Keandre Coburn. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what Sweat can do this year. Really, you know, he's got... Uh, a hold of the starting spot there in the middle of that defense. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing what he can do. Byron Murphy, 6'1", 300, only a junior, uh, but a guy that I think you know they're really counting on him to have a big year. And, and I'll tell you, the guy that, for me, might be the MVP of this defense is Jalen Ford. Big number 41, uh, 6'3", 236 pounds, uh, the middle linebacker. This is a guy, when I when, if you turned on the film and tried to watch uh, DeMarvion Overshone, uh, Jalen Ford was the guy that was flashing. You know, 119 tackles, 10 tackles for loss. Uh, you know, have four interceptions as well. Uh, a guy that had a nose for the football. Uh, just seemed to be all over the field, and that was the thing that was so impressive. You know, that breakout season, first team All Big 12. He's got to step up and show that he can have a repeat performance. If he does that, this is a guy to me. He's not getting out of the second round. There are a lot of people that I've seen have him in the fifth, sixth round. I just look at him, I see the instincts, I see his ability to be a three-down three performer, a guy that can get after the quarterback a little bit, makes a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage, has good range, instinctive in coverage as well, does a great job getting himself in a position to make a play on the football. I think this defense, if Jalen Ford has a big year, the defense you know, is really going to rally around him and, and could have a, you know, we could be in for a big season for them. Uh, you know, David Benda, uh, six foot two thirty one. You know, I think they'll be relying on him to step up there at the other linebacker spot, taking over for Overshone. Uh, Jade Barron, uh, the star backer, 5'11", 191 pounds. This is a guy that uh, look eleven and a half tackles for loss, two interceptions. A guy that likes to play around the line of scrimmage. I think he's going to have a, uh, a a solid year. Look, you know, Jalen Catalan, the, the strong safety. Uh, the name sounds familiar. Played in the SEC with Arkansas, 5'10", 194 pounds. Has been bitten by the injury bug, but when healthy, this guy at one point was one of the top safeties in all of college football. Uh, you know, especially coming after that, that 2020 season, 99 tackles, three interceptions, four pass breakups. The guy that showed that he had ex exceptional range, but then the ball skills. In in two seasons, there at Arkansas, had five interceptions, played in just one game in 2022, went down to injury. If he can show that he is all the way back from the injury, um, I, I think Jalen uh, Catalan, you pair him up with, with Jade uh, Barron, and they could have, be in for a huge season, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do. Then there's Gavin Holmes. Uh, Gavin Holmes is another guy that uh, moved in there at that cornerback spot, uh, a guy that transferred from, from Wake Forest. He's a guy that uh, only a junior, 5'11", 168, a guy that I'm going to be keeping an eye out, see what he can do opposite Ryan Watts. Now, Ryan Watts is a guy, 6'3", 203, that's a bigger corner. Really want to watch 
ability, those hips, his ability to turn and run with receivers. Um, you know, look, you know, didn't really see a ton of action his way. Uh, had a, had a pick and three pass breakups uh, this past season in his first year at Texas after coming over from Ohio State. Um, but I, I expect to see Ryan Watts um, having a big year for Texas. You know, I, I think they're expecting him to uh, really be one of the leaders there on that defense. And then Jaron Thompson, the free safety, six foot, 180 pounds, another uh, another senior. You know, he's the third leading tackler on the team and, and a guy that uh, I think can be you know another veteran presence on the defense. So when you look at this team, you know, they've got a lot of talent there at the skill positions, um, a younger but experienced offensive line that's led by Christian Jones. Question marks there at the running back spot. Can Quinn Ewers put it all together? Are they going to have to rely on the true freshman Arch Manning? Um, generational talent or not, um, you know, he's still going to be a, uh, a true freshman. And then defensively, a lot of uh, a lot of seniors. It's a senior-laden defense. There are some question marks and some holes, but uh, I think Texas is primed for a big year if they can figure out that offense and not be so one-dimensional. Um, you know, I, I'd say for the rest of, of the country, the rest of the Big 12 for sure, watch out for Texas. And uh, I think they'll have some nice momentum going into the SEC. I think next on my list has to be Oklahoma. The Sooners, they're heading out to uh, the SEC with Texas. And this is a team, look, they struggled under Brent Venables uh, last season. Uh, just six wins, six and seven, three and six in, in Big 12 play. Uh, you know, this was a team that I think was gutted after the, the surprising uh, move, uh, Lincoln Riley moving out to USC. Um, but Venables, I, I think, you know, he really rallied, brought in a lot of uh, a lot of players a season ago. I think you look at this team now um, and the, the defense, I think he's got it back to where he wants it to be. I think the, the defense took a step forward with Venables, Ted Roof, um, no longer do you have Alex Grinch in there. Uh, we'll be talking about him a little bit in his defense uh, when we talk about the Trojans here in a couple of episodes. But um, I, I look at, at OU, and you know the big question mark for me is you know really that, that passing game on offense. You, know, you look at Dylan Gabriel, 5'11", 207 pounds, a senior, you know in his first year with the Sooners after transferring from UCF. Um, over 3,100 yards passing, 25 touchdowns with six interceptions. Uh, when I look at Dylan Gabriel, the, the big question mark for me is consistency. You know, can he really elevate the game? Um, you know, he was 61% uh, as a passer there at UCF. Uh, improved it a little bit to 63%, but it's one of those things to where he had some open receivers and missed them. And gone is Marvin Mims, gone is Theo Weiss. Mims is off to the to the Denver Broncos, and then Theo Weiss, he's transferred to Missouri. So, you know, the, the thing with it is, is Dylan Gabriel, look, um, you know, he, that up, that front shoulder wants to, to come up a lot, sails a lot of passes, you know, wide open guys, and he is overthrowing them by, by three, four yards. Um, you know, we've seen uh, the OU fan base, the student section, uh, they'll turn on a quarterback if they're not seeing what they, what they want out of their quarterback. You know, we saw that with, with Caleb Williams taking over for Spencer Rattler. They were asking for Caleb Williams. How long will it be if Dylan Gabriel can't perform before we'll see Jackson Arnold, the five-star quarterback, uh, you know, 6'1", 205? I, I think there's a good chance that we could see Jackson Arnold step in if Dylan Gabriel can't hit those open receivers uh, like he did last, you know, struggled with last season. 
The receiving core, who's going to be the number one? Who's going to be the alpha? That's going to be the big question mark. Uh, Jaleel Farouk is the leading returner um, in that group. You know, 6'1", 207, the junior. Um, you know, I think kind of an up and down year, but really finished the season strong. And that's going to be the big thing. I think, you know, building upon that, getting another year working with Dylan Gabriel, I think is also going to be huge. Um, but 37 catches, 466 yards, five touchdowns. Um, this is an explosive guy. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, we're waiting for him to really kind of have that breakout. Only a junior, so he could return. Uh, you also look at Andrew Anthony, transferred in from Michigan. This guy is a speedster on the outside. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in this offense. I think he could end up being the number one. You know, and, and really give Gabriel a guy that can be a blazing threat on the outside. Uh, just keep an eye out for him. He's going to be a, a dynamic threat. And like I said, he could end up being that number one wideout. And then you have Drake Stoops, Bob Stoops' son, uh, 39 catches, 393 yards, three touchdowns a season ago. The senior, 5'10", 185 pounds. You know, not the biggest guy by any means, but a guy that plays with, with the biggest heart. And a guy that, you know, just knows how to get open. I mean, he's a coach's son. Don't rule him out at the next level. You know, that's one of the things that, I, you know, he's a guy that may not get drafted, but even as an undrafted free agent, I think he's a guy that could end up working his way onto a roster, even if it's on a practice squad starting out. This is a guy that I think, you know, OU can't keep him off the field. And uh, he's a guy, even with uh, a lot of the other playmakers, keep an eye out for him. Uh, Jaden Gibson, the sophomore, you know, he, he saw a little bit of action as a freshman. I think Gavin Freeman, uh, another slot guy, looks just like Drake Stoops. He's a, he's a Stoops clone. Uh, LV Bunkley Shelton, the transfer from Arizona State, I think they're expecting him to have a, bi uh, a bigger impact this year. Uh, so, again, there's some question marks. Stoops is going to be reliable. Can Farouk step up? Can Anthony be that number one receiver? You know, I think it's really there, there are some question marks there. I think the skill positions, again, you know, you look at the running back spot. You lose the production from Eric Gray. Eric Gray was a phenomenal running back for them. Over 1,300 yards on the ground, 11 touchdowns, 6.4 yards per carry. Uh, he's on to the NFL now. So Javante Barnes is going to get the first crack at things. He was the number two running back, 519 yards on the ground, five touchdowns, six foot 207, uh, only a sophomore. Uh, look, you know he's going to be sharing the backfield with Gavin Sawchuk, who himself is a sophomore. Um, got some playing time a season ago, and uh, you know I think that that duo is really going to be counted upon to take some of that pressure off Dylan Gabriel. Uh, you know, if everything's firing on all cylinders, this is a, an offense that could get get downhill. When you look at Barnes and Sawchuck, they both went over 100 yards against Florida State in the bowl game. So I, I think there is room for, you know, there is uh, you know some optimism there in Norman. And then you look at this offensive line. The offensive line, it, it can be very talented. Um, you know, Walter Rouse coming over from Stanford, 6'6", 315. This is a guy that's been battling some injuries, and he's finally there. He can anchor that left side of the line. Opposite him on the right side is Tyler Guyton, 6'7", 316, a junior, but a guy that I think has the potential to be the next really solid uh, OU tackle. Look, you know, I, I think teams are going to be looking at OU, the development of their offensive tackles You know, under Coach Beatonbow. Uh, look, Bill Beatonbow, uh, you know, Anton Harrison, his development over the last couple of years to ultimately get him drafted in round number one. And the list can go on and on with all of the uh, offensive linemen that have made it to the league under Coach Beatonball. Um, I think these are two guys, you know, Walter Rouse, 
if he can stay healthy, he and Tyler Guyton, I think you'll have a, a really you know, solid pair of bookends. Andrew Rain, to me, 6'4", 313, is one of the better centers in the league. Um, keep an eye out there. Uh, at, at the guard spot, uh, McCabe Matower has to play much more consistent. 6'4", 310, the senior, uh, came over from Cal. He's a guy that, that to me right now, is, is the big question mark on the line. Savion Bird is, is likely going to be the starter there opposite him on the right guard spot, 6'5", 283, the sophomore. Um, I, I don't see an issue there on the right side of the line. Um, I think the weakness is going to be uh, Matower, but this is a line that has a lot of potential. I think they can really give Dylan Gabriel a lot of time. I think they can also be pretty solid in the running game. So this is a team you know that you look at the offense, you know, you may not be um, – you know the names don't really pop out. They could be sneaky good, and then you look at a you know the tight end Austin Stogner. We didn't even talk about him, but you're really a solid inline blocker at that tight end. Six six two fifty five transferred to South Carolina with with uh, Spencer Rattler. Now he's back where he should be at OU, uh, taking over for Braden Willis, you know who uh, moved on to the NFL himself. And uh, with with Stogner, you're going to get a big uh, physical tight end, a guy that can be a weapon um, over the middle of the field. Defensively, this is where I think OU can really uh, step up and have a much better year this season. Uh, you know, the, the pass rush trio of Ethan Downs, uh, Reggie Grimes, Rondell Bothroyd could, you know, has a chance to be really special for this group. Uh, you know, with Downs, uh, 13 and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, 6'4", 257. This is a dude that plays with his hair on fire always flying around to the football. He's a lot of fun to watch, a guy that I think can play with his hand in the dirt, can also play standing up. Uh, Reggie Grimes, similar player, 6'4", 258. Um, and look, you know, seven and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks. He's another guy that uh, I think can, can really have a breakout year, double-digit sack potential. But I think the big steal for them a lot of people talk about Deshaun McCullough, the, the sophomore linebacker, 6'5", 252, could really put some pressure on the quarterback. But Rondell Bothroy, to me, uh, was one of the really solid pickups there for OU in the transfer portal, coming over from Wake Forest, 6'4", 258. And uh, look, you know, in, in the last two seasons, 24 and a half tackles for loss, 13 sacks, uh, a guy that just knows how to get after the quarterback, excellent motor. You look at this trio, and I think it's it's really you know a scary, scary group. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do. Uh, really getting pressure on the quarterback. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, they get uh, Jacob Lacey, the senior defensive tackle from Notre Dame, undersized at 6'1", 272. But keep an eye out for the nose tackle, Isaiah Coe, 6'2", 308. Um, you know, a guy that I think can really hold the point of attack pretty well. Um, I think this is a year that the, that the will Danny Stutzman needs to have a huge season. Now, Danny Stutzman, 125 tackles a season ago, um, and when you watched him play, number 28 seemed to be all over the field, would make plays left and right. Um, I think he had, what, 16 tackles against Kent State. He just seemed to be anybody that was making a play around the line of scrimmage, it was going to be Danny Stutzman. But this guy struggled at times. You know, he seemed to be lost. Seemed to be, you know, when he just couldn't, you know, when he had to overthink things, um, it wasn't just about see ball, hit ball. You know, it, he really struggled at times in the offense. So I think another year um, working with Brent Venables and Ted Roof is really going to benefit him. I think he got lost at times in coverage as well, turning his back and, uh, you know, a lot of missed tackles. You know, when you think about it, 125 tackles, and he missed a bunch of tackles. 
Um, so we could have been talking about you know closer to 140 tackles. I think he's primed for a huge year, and if he does that, you know, then this is a guy that we could see come out after the junior season and be a, a second round pick. And look, he's got the size and he's got the speed and ability. Um, you know, could he be a first rounder? Maybe, but he's going to have to really show that you know he's put that 2022 season behind him in terms of making a lot of those those mental errors. Uh, you know, a sophomore to make a note of uh, is is Jaron Canick, 6'2", 227, very athletic linebacker. Uh, so he'll be an interesting guy to keep an eye out for as well. Uh, you've got uh, Woody Washington, the 5'11", 193, 193-pound uh, corner, veteran presence there in the secondary. Uh, but the guy that I'm really watching for is the free safety, Billy Bowman. 5'10", 194, the junior. This is a guy, look, three interceptions a season ago. Uh, the unquestioned leader of that secondary. And then you bring in Reggie Pearson, uh, the, the Texas Tech transfer. I, I love this pickup as well. Um, he's a guy that may not even start. You know, you've got uh, Key Lawrence, um, who himself was a transfer from uh, Texas, uh, I'm sorry, Tennessee, when you look at at Reggie Pearson, you know he came from Wisconsin to Texas Tech, played two years there. A guy that showed off some pretty decent ball skills for the Red Raiders. Uh, you know, I, I think what OU is doing, they've really got a lot of veteran presence there on the back end of the defense, and, and the best player may actually be the true freshman, Peyton Bowen, six foot one eighty five, heat seeking missile, flying around making plays. So you know OU, uh, they're not quite there with with uh with texas i would say because there are some question marks there with the skill position players i think the offensive line is, is actually better than, than what texas has i think you know when you look at the depth there with ou i think they may have more depth on defense than texas so it's going to be interesting to see that dynamic i think ou has a chance to supplant texas at the top of the big 12 conference in their swan song uh as the two programs move to the southeastern conference but uh, you know there are still a lot of question marks, and it's really going to come down to whether or not you can get the veteran leadership from uh, Dylan Gabriel, or if you're going to have to rely on a freshman. You know, it's really the same story that uh, Texas has with Quinn Ewers and uh, and Arch Manning. So it's going to be interesting, uh, an interesting dynamic to see play out. Now you look at K State. You move up from from Norman, Oklahoma, to uh, Manhattan, Kansas, and he really didn't skip a beat from Bill Snyder. You know, that's one of the things you look at. It, it's a similar offense and uh, a defense, the same type of mindset. And that, you know, they're just their toughest nails, man. And uh, you look at Will Howard took over the starting job from Adrian Martinez. And this is a guy, look, he's a big, strong arm quarterback. I think he's underrated. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. He's got, you know, really good size um, at the quarterback spot. It's 6'5, 242 pounds, a senior. Um, he's got really good arm strength. I think that's something else that you see. Um, he's got to improve the completion percentage. I think that's really the biggest thing. Um, you know, he's going to be developing with, with the offensive coordinator uh, Colin Klein. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see the, the dynamic there. You know, the receiving core. Uh, you know, there's some question marks. You know, he's got Keegan Johnson, the transfer from Iowa, only a sophomore. He's going to be teaming with Philip Brooks, taking over from uh, for uh, Malik Knowles. But uh, Philip Brooks, you know, he's he's a diminutive one, 5'8", 170 pounds, 587 yards receiving and four touchdowns a season ago. He's a little guy, could be a slot receiver type. I think he's a fringe, you know, 
possibly could get drafted. More than likely, he's going to be a priority free agent, though. Um, I think the tight end, Ben Sinet, um, he's 6'4", 245, only a junior. Uh, could he decide to come out? I think there's definitely a possibility. This is a guy who is, is sneaky athletic um, and very physical at the point of attack as a blocker. Um, but look, you know, 31 catches, 447 yards. Um, he, he's a guy that uh, I think could end up being one of the focal points of this offense. And we'll be talking about Sinod as a, a budding star. So even if he doesn't leave for the NFL, he's a guy that we'll be talking about for a long time. Now, you have to replace the production of Deuce Vaughn at running back, over 1,500 yards on the ground and nine touchdowns. Uh, you know, this dude, you know, diminutive, yes, but, uh, man, he's going to be making all kinds of plays there at Dallas, the sixth-round pick. Uh, DJ Giddens is taking over for him. Um, you know, This was a guy that was the third-leading rusher behind Vaughn and uh, Adrian Martinez. 518 yards on the ground and six touchdowns, only a sophomore. Um, I mentioned him because I think that's, you know, they're going to be relying on him. But then you also get Treshawn Ward from Florida State. Treshawn Ward is a, is a, a senior, and uh, he's going to bring some of that experience and physicality to the running back group as well. But they're going to be running behind a veteran offensive line. This may actually be the best line in the pack, in, in the Big 12. I think they're really going to challenge uh, Oklahoma for that spot. Uh, they're led by Cooper Beebe. The left guard, 6'4", 332 pounds. This is a dude that is, is physical at the point of attack. He'll maul you. He'll drive you off the football. Um, athletic, though, can climb to the second level. You see him pulling. This guy not only plays guard, he can play tackle. You know, he's uh, had to kick outside to tackle due to injury and uh, showcase some pretty good feet. But I think his home is at the guard spot. And uh, to me, I think he's one of those guards that could be a first-round pick when it's all said and done. Uh, you have KT Leviston, the left tackle, 6'5", 330 pounds, also a senior. I think he's underrated as a pass protector. Uh, another guy that can be very physical in the ground game. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. That duo there on the left side of that line. Uh, just imagine Giddens and Ward running behind that group. Uh, but then you have uh, you know, Hayden Gillum, the, the center, 6'3", 290. Uh, Christian Duffy, the right tackle, 6'5", 310. Keep an eye on the two of them. They're both seniors. You have Hadley Panzer is, is the one junior um, at right guard. But this is a group, very veteran-laden group, and, and a team that uh, you know they're going to want to run the ball early and often to set up that pass for Will, uh, Will Howard. Defensively, I think there's some question marks, and that's really what's going to separate them, uh, I, I believe. Uh, you know, Brendan Mott, you know, 6'5", 240, the guy that can get after the quarterback a little bit. Six sacks a season ago was second to Felix Anadike, uh, Uzoma. Uh, seven tackles for loss as well was, was second in that group uh, on top of that. But uh, really the guy that's going to be a lot of fun to watch is that linebacker Austin Moore, number 41. 6'1", 219 pounds. This dude is he's physical at the point of attack. You know, he's a guy that flies around and makes plays. Uh, you know, led the team in tackles with 87, 10 tackles for loss. Uh, I, I think he's undersized, but a guy that you know he's just he's tough as nails, and that's what's going to be a lot of fun. I think he and his his running mate Daniel Green, who's 6'3", 245, uh, they're going to be the leaders of this defense. Obviously, you have uh, you know Khalid Duke at 6'4", 246. Three sacks a season ago. I think we were you know, we're expecting to see a much bigger year out of him. You wanted to see Duke opposite FAU. Uh, unfortunately, we just didn't see the production that we were expecting from him last year. Uh, the secondary, obviously, when you lose a guy like Julius Brents, you know, you're going to be feeling it. Um, you know, there, there's some young guys there at that cornerback position. 
Um, even at safety, uh, VJ Payne, only a sophomore, 6'3", 200. He's going to be a guy that they're going to be leading on. But Kobe Savage, 5'11", 206 pounds, guy that had three interceptions a season ago, second on the team. And, uh, you know, he's he's a guy that I, I, I'll be curious to see what he can do. Uh, he, he can fly around. He can make some plays. Uh on the back end of the defense, really as kind of that that uh, that, that deep safety. Um, but look, you know that cornerback spot really needs to hold up with a passing attack. They also need to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. That's going to be a big question mark. Um, really kind of nervous about that uh, for K State. But uh, you know, I think offensively they they can really um, flip the script on teams. Really keep the possession, keep the football on their side and uh, make it difficult for teams uh, to have very many possessions. I think that's one of the keys for K-State is really ball control, um, especially until that defense can really get their legs. But uh, keep an eye out for the linebackers, Green, and more. I think after that, you know, TCU, we could take a look at them, but I'm going to actually take a look at Kansas next. Kansas has, you know, it's intriguing to me. You look at Lance Leipold, what they were able to do a season ago, yeah, it was 6-7, and seven, and they finished three and six in the Big 12 play, but they rattled off five wins. And, and they beat Duke, they beat Iowa State, they beat Houston, who's now in the Big 12. They also beat West Virginia to start. I know West Virginia, not the, the strongest team by any means, but uh, you know they, they only lost by seven to TCU, by 10 to Oklahoma, uh, you know 12 to Baylor. You know, this is a team that, that could have had a much better record. They even lost you know in the bowl game, Liberty Bowl, 55-53. Uh, you know, Jason Bean really filled in admirably because you know the, the guy is, is Jalen Daniels. That's going to be the stud. You know, six foot, two hundred fifteen pounds. He's a junior now, so he, that does make him draft eligible. Is he going to come out and enter the draft? Not likely. I think he's a guy that still needs to develop as a passer. But I'll, I'll tell you what. You know, over two thousand yards, eighteen touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, just he, he's. He was such a playmaker and so much fun to watch that he really put Kansas on the map, Kansas football. Uh, you know, you look at him, you know, this last season, also 66.1% completion percentage, and then, you know, his, his ground game. Uh, over 400 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns, and that's through nine games. Uh, you know, if he can stay healthy, that's really going to help things there for Kansas. That's going to be huge for them. Uh, but the running back, Devin Neal, this is a guy that he, you know, he's a top 10 running back, in my opinion. Over 1,000 yards on the ground a season ago, nine touchdowns. But, look, Devin Neal also showed that he can catch the football out of the backfield a little bit. He was a guy that could be a safety valve there for Bean and uh, Jalen Daniels. Uh, 21 receptions this past season. I expect that that number to go up. I think they'll really count on Devin Neal to have a big year this year. Um, And then you look at the receiving core. I think an underrated group, all juniors, are all probably going to come back for another year. But Lawrence Arnold, Quentin Skinner, uh, Luke Grimm, that's going to give Jalen Daniels uh, a lot of weapons. Grimm was the leader with uh, 623 yards and six touchdowns this past year. Uh, but then, you know, a tight end, if you listen to my podcast last year, I thought he was going to actually enter the draft. Um, what well, was Mason Fairchild? Mason Fairchild is, I think, an underrated tight end. Uh, people didn't really talk about him, but 6'5, 260 pounds. Not the most athletically gifted guy by any means, but he just always seemed to make plays. A guy that always seemed to you know, be down the seam, showed excellent hands, his ability to adjust to the football in the air. I, I think Mason Fairchild is going to be primed for another big season. He was a guy that they really wanted to focus on and get the football to. I expect to see more out of that from him. And then they also get Jared Casey from, from TCU. 
he's going to be somebody that I think can be physical uh, in the ground game for them as well um, and uh, offers a little bit there as a, as a uh, pass protector. Uh, you know, th I thought they got a big big signing in, in the transfer portal as well with, with the addition of Logan Brown, 6'6", 320-pound junior from Wisconsin. Um, I think that's a huge you – know, look, he was a former five-star tackle. I expect him to have a, a big year there, um, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him there at that left tackle spot. Only a junior, but you know, a big year from him. We could be talking about him uh, you know, potentially entering the draft. I think the other veteran up front is going to be Mike Nowitzki, the center, 6'5", 305. Um, you know, he'll, he'll probably be the, the leader of that group. And then uh, defensively, this is going to be the big question mark for me. Um, they're going to have to replace you know, Lonnie Phelps and the production there. I think that's going to be a huge question mark. Can they get to the quarterback? Uh, look, they, their defense gave up 35.6 points per game. You know, that, that's pretty scary. Bend but don't break. I think they broke more often than they bend. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be very young up front. That's going to be the question mark. But, man, they've got – they return everybody – uh, on the back of the defense. You know, you've got Rich Miller uh, at linebacker, 6'1", 230. Taiwan Berryhill, 6'2", 230. You know, uh, Berryhill only a junior. Those are going to be your playmakers at that linebacker position. Uh, in the secondary, it's going to be led by Kenny Logan. 6'205", 106 tackles a season ago. Um, the thing with Kenny Logan is, you know, he's got to cut down on the, on the missed tackles. That's, that's the big thing for him. But uh, a guy that always seems to be around the football has a nose for the ball. Um, you know, Craig Young, forgot to mention him at that linebacker spot, 6'4", 225 pounds. This is a guy that uh, led the team uh, as a returner in, in sacks with four and a half. They're going to need him to get after the quarterback early and often. A um, couple of, of juniors of note in the secondary. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant, uh, that's spelled C-O-B-E, Bryant. Um, not to be confused with C-O-B-Y, Bryant. Um, who entered the league, or obviously the, the late, great Kobe Bryant, K-O-B-E, the one and only. But uh, with with Kobe Bryant of the of Kansas lore, you know, six foot, 175 pounds, three interceptions from a season ago, he's the guy that I think is primed for a huge year, uh, could potentially find his, his way into that conversation in, you know, the top 12 or so corners in, the, in, uh, in all of college football. And then Melo Dotson, 6'1", 185 pounds, um, you know, at that cornerback position, he's a guy that that uh, you know I think they're also going to be relying on to make some plays there on the back end. And uh, look, Kansas, the big thing for them is they're going to have to put pressure on the quarterback, and uh, you know, that secondary is going to have to hold up. You know, big question marks there, but it's something that I'm going to be excited to see. You know, see how it plays out for them. Um, I think next on my list, probably going to be TCU. I mean, it kind of has to, right? Um, especially after the season that they had last year. Um, you know, and with TCU, you know, obviously they were going to be returning Chandler, uh, Chandler Morris, six foot, 195 pounds. This was a guy that was really supposed to be the starter. He had actually uh, taken over for Max Duggan and has the uh, season-ending injury. And uh, obviously we know the rest is history. But, uh, you know, Chandler Morris, you know, he's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what he can do now. Um, you know, for, for Sonny Dykes, I think Sonny Dykes has, has built a, a powerhouse here. Um, and so, you know, it, it may be just a matter of reloading rather than uh, rebuilding. 
At the running back spot, you have to replace two running backs. You have to replace Kendra Miller, uh, your 1,400-yard, 17-touchdown running back, and then, you know, Imari DiMercato, uh, over 600 yards himself. Uh, so, obviously, Imani Bailey is going to be stepping in, 5'9", 200 pounds, a junior. Um, you know, they also have, uh, you know, Trey Sanders coming in from Alabama. So, I think that's a that's a big get for them. Uh, at the receiving core, obviously, you've got to replace Quinton Johnson. That's going to be tough to do. Um, you know, Tay uh, Barber, Darius Davis as well. So, a lot of guys at that receiving spot that, that are going to be gone. Savion Williams is a big physical dude, 6'5", 215 pounds. Uh, only a junior but a guy who's a physical freak, um, I think that's one of the things that definitely stands out when you watch him play is, you know, the catch radius is insane. They also get JoJo Earl transferring in from Alabama, 5'10", 170 pounds, only a junior, but uh, he's a guy that I think they'll be relying upon to, to make some plays there at that receiver spot. And then when you look at the tight end, you know, you've got Jared Wiley, you know, big, physical, 6'7", 255 pounds. I, I expect Jared Wiley to... Uh, you know, have a big year. Look, you know, he caught 24 passes a season ago. Um, you know, he played at Texas, and, and the three years at, at Texas, he did not see 24 passes thrown his way. So I think that's something that I'm really going to be excited to see, uh, kind of how that plays out. Uh, and then you look at the offensive line. You know, I think you've got a pair of tackles in Brandon Coleman and Andrew Coker, who are draft uh, draft worthy. Uh, Coleman is 6'6", 325 pounds, a guy that I think can kick inside the guard as well. Um, and then Coker, only a junior, but 6'7", 315, excellent length there. I think there's going to be some question marks along the interior of that line. They've got to replace some starters there. Um, so that's going to be kind of a question mark for them. Defensively, there are also some questions. You, know, you, you lose some veteran leadership, you know, Dylan Horton, uh, D. Winters, Trey Hodges, Tomlinson are all gone. So you have to replace those guys. Uh, obviously, you have Mike Williams, the 6'2", 320-pound. Uh, defensive tackle, only a sophomore. This dude at that nose tackle spot was a freshman All-American. He's a dude, and we'll be talking about him in next year's draft. Uh, the linebackers, you got Johnny Hodges and Jamoy Hodge. Uh, Hodges, only a junior, 6'2", 240, the transfer from Navy. Um, he led the team in tackles uh, a season ago with 87. Jamoy Hodge was third on the team with 82, 6'2", 245. I think he needs to show that he could drop into coverage a little bit more. That was one of the things that uh, you really wanted to see from Jamoy Hodge. I think he got burned you know, way too many times. He's going to have to improve there, but does make a lot of plays around the line of scrimmage, um, as does Hodges, uh, a guy that likes to shoot gaps and, and get behind uh, the line of scrimmage. Nine and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks. Um, for, for Hodges, four and a half sacks as well for Jamoy Hodge. Um, and then you get to the secondary. I think Josh Newton is the guy that has a chance to be special at that cornerback spot, six foot, 195 pounds. Um, had three, three interceptions a season ago. He's the guy, I love the ball skills. I love his ability to go up, high point the football, uh, attack the ball in the air. Um, and then the safeties. You know, they got a veteran group there at, at the safety spot. Uh, Miller Bradford's going to be your nickel, 5'11", 190 pounds. But you know, I think it's really going to be about Mark Perry and, uh, and Bud Clark. Clark's the bigger guy, 6'2", 190, only a sophomore. Uh, the free safety, five interceptions a season ago. He's a, you know, no pun intended, but a budding star. Mark Perry is going to be your senior, 6'215", strong safety, more physical presence on the back end of the defense. He's a fifth-year senior, 14 starts a season ago. He's going to be a guy to me that I think has a chance to be a day three selection. So keep an eye out there for him. Josh New uh, Newton, 
On the other hand, I think this is a guy that has a chance to be in that first round conversation with a big year there at the cornerback spot. Uh, Jamoy Hodge, for me, is a fringe day three guy. I think he really needs to elevate his game to really be in that conversation. Uh, if we're talking Brandon Coleman, I think Brandon Coleman's a guy that's comfortably in that probably fifth round range, but I think he has a chance to really elevate his stock. Could potentially be on the back end uh, of day two. That's really kind of where his, his ceiling might be uh, when we're talking about him and, and his draft stock. I think next on the list has to be the Texas Tech Red Raiders. This is a team that I think you know really overachieved a season ago, eight and five um, on the year. And uh, you know I think Joey McGuire has done an excellent job with the Red Raiders in his first season. You know coming over really from the high school ranks. And uh, I look at this team, uh, you know Donovan Smith. Really, that, that was a big question mark. Is is that quarterback spot right? You know who's going to be playing? What's it going to look like? Donovan Smith is gone. Tyler Shuck is back, though, back at the helm. Um, the transfer from, from Oregon uh, came in to, to Texas Tech, uh, off and on as a starter, uh, over 1,300 yards, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. Needs to cut down on the mistakes. He's an athletic guy, um, but you know what I'm really excited about is uh, you know there's a lot of, of talent there at the skill position, uh, namely Jaron Bradley, 6'5", 215 pounds. He's big. He's physical. Um, he has a, a tremendous wingspan, a guy that can, can get vertical down, down the field as well, adjust well to the football in the air. Uh, 51 catches, 744 yards, and six touchdowns a season ago. I'm expecting a big year out of him. Same goes for Miles Price, uh, 5'10", 190 pounds. Um, you know, if, if I look at Bradley and I say that this is a guy that you know is probably a third, fourth round pick, uh, Miles Price has a chance to kind of sneak into the back end of, of day number three. Um, you know, I think Baylor Cup, the tight end, 6'6", 260 pounds. We could be talking about him um, as a, one of those sleeper tight ends for the draft as well. Uh, running back spot, you got Taj Brooks, 5'11", 230 pounds. Uh, physical dude, 691 yards, seven touchdowns a season ago. Uh, he's going to be counted upon to really kind of take some of that pressure off Tyler Shuck. Uh, offensive line, uh, you know, kind of an up-and-down group. But, uh, you know, they've got three starters that are returning. Uh, when you're looking at probably the best prospect for the NFL might be the right tackle, Caleb Rogers, 6'5", 305. Uh, he'll be the guy to really be counted upon. O-line needs to, to kind of get things going. I think they, they struggled with, you know, some inconsistency, some injuries. They're going to have to really step up and have a big year. Um now, the defense is where I really get excited. Obviously, you know, a season ago, you had Tyree Wilson, the number seven overall pick of the Las Vegas Raiders. And, uh, you know, this season, there's still going to be a lot of guys up front. Uh, you know, when you talk about the freaks list with uh, Bruce Feldman, I think there are a couple of guys that jump out. One of those is going to be Miles Cole. Uh, you know, obviously, Tyree Wilson was on that list a season ago, and Miles Cole looks a lot like that. Uh, he's 6'6", he's 285 pounds, wingspan at 86 inches. I mean, that, that's insane. Max speed was at a 20.3. Um, this is a guy that you know transferred from from Louisiana Monroe, and uh, look, you know, had 12 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, three quarterback hurries, and a block kick. Um, they're hoping to see you know what he can do uh, coming in. Can he take over and uh, fill some of that void left by Tyree Wilson? But he's not the only freak on that list. Jalen Hutchings is another guy. Look, only six foot, uh, you know, 295, 300, somewhere around there, nose tackle. But this is a guy that can get after it. 500-pound bench press, 700-pound squat. 
but also been clocked at 18 miles an hour. Wait, are you serious? Good Lord. Um, 50 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss. Um, a guy that uh, can definitely get after you know, both the quarterback and uh, in the ground game. But, you know, he's got a running mate. You know, and a guy that actually is the top sack artist, you know, returning. And that's Tony Bradford Jr. Um, you know, 6'1", 305. You know, these are guys that aren't the biggest, you know, I mean, in terms of height and stature. But these are guys that know how to get after the quarterback. When you think about it, I mean, when you combine for 82 tackles and seven sacks, you know, you've got something going there. So if Miles Cole can help really put some pressure on the quarterback, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what this group could do. That linebacker spot, they bring in Steve Linton, uh, 6'5", 235. I want to say he came from Syracuse. Um, Jacob Rodriguez, you know, five, uh, 6'1", 245 pounds. This is a guy that uh, you know really kind of burst onto the scene and uh, you know showed that he could make some plays. Uh, you know, really kind of a guy that you know was a former offensive player, uh, but he really started playing well there for tech, uh, Texas Tech. Then you have uh, Josiah Pierre, 6'2", 245. Uh, you know, these are linebackers are veteran presence there for this group, uh, so keep an eye out for them. Uh, Rayshaw Williams is 6'3", 205-pound corner. I think he has some uh, potential there for the league. The linebackers, I don't know that any of those guys are ultimately going to get drafted. I think you know, you're expecting to maybe see some big years from them. Um, I think it's really going to take a, a huge year from any of them if they are going to hear their names drafted. But uh, you know, Rayshaw Williams, he transferred from UCLA. And uh, look, 20 pass breakups in his career, just the one interception a season ago. He's the guy that I think needs to elevate his game. You've got Malik Dunlap as well, 6'3", 220 pounds. Yes, 6'3", 220 pounds, playing corner. Um, you know, the size, I look at him, I'm like, that's going to be a safety at the next level if I've ever seen one. Um, you know, transferred in from NC State, um, played the last two years there at, at Texas Tech, 12 pass breakups. Uh, this past season, 26 in his career, uh, just kind of an intriguing guy. You know, I mean, he's got got tremendous size. Um, you know, want to really keep an eye on him, and, and you know, how stiff in the hips is he going to be? That's going to be the big question mark. I think that that everyone's going to have. And then you have Dadrian Taylor uh, Demerson, the 5'11", 195 pound uh, free safety, a guy that flies around. You know, 74 tackles uh, a season ago. Um, I think they're counting on him to, have, to step up and have a big year. And then Tyler Owens, he's 6'2", 205, a senior, playing that boundary safety spot, and uh, another guy that made the freaks list. I mean, you're, when you talk about you know Bruce Feldman's freaks list, uh, you know you're you're happy if you have one. Texas Tech actually had three on their def on their defense. Um, this guy, you know, in the Taxac Bowl, uh, Taxac Texas Bowl, uh, you know, Bruce notes that this guy had six tackles. Had his first career interception, had a forced fumble. Um, you know, a guy that has over 40, a 40 inch vertical leap and can run more than 23 miles per hour in a game. Um, obviously, that's that's staggering. A uh, guy that transferred in from Texas. Keep an eye on Tyler Owens. He's another guy that, uh, look, you know, when you lose a guy like Reggie Pearson, that veteran presence on the back end, they're going to be relying on Tyler Owens to have a big year. And uh, I think that's something that uh, we'll definitely have to keep an eye out for for sure. I think next on the list, this is going to be the first of the newcomers, and that's going to be BYU. When you look at BYU, um, obviously they have to replace Jaron Hall. That's the big question mark, what's going to happen there. And you look at Keaton Slovis, you know, a guy that started his career there at USC. Uh, uh, JT Daniels goes down, tears his knee against Fresno State, and they're, they're wondering what's going to happen. 
They end up bringing in the guy who was coached by uh, Kurt Warner in high school out of Arizona. And uh, Keaton Slovis, that freshman year, really leads USC, kind of resurrects things and kind of saves the season there for Clay Helton. The problem was he gets into the bowl game, gets hit by uh, A.J. Epinesa's arm, and I don't think he was really ever the same. You know, this is a, a guy struggles with some, some accuracy problems, not the most mobile within the pocket. I think he got snake bit, really held on to the football a lot longer than he should have, um, and ultimately lost that starting spot. And he transfers to Pitt. And when he transfers to Pittsburgh, you're expecting to see a big year teaming with Jordan Addison. And ultimately, that doesn't come to fruition either because Jordan Addison tra you know, transfers to where else but USC. Uh, and so with Keaton Slovis, uh, I think BYU is probably the right offense for him. Uh, you know, Look, Pitt, you know, only 58.4% completion percentage. Uh, struggled with a lot of interceptions in his career with 33. Uh, you know, 24 there for the Trojans and then nine this past season at Pitt. But the concussions, that's the other big concern that you have there. Um, so Keaton Slovis, I think this is a you know an opportunity to kind of resurrect that career. But, man, he just has a lot of red flags all around him uh, for the next level. So, you know, that, that's going to be the, the big question mark there. Um, they, they've got a lot of youth there at the skill positions. You know, Gunnar Romney's not going to be there anymore. Uh, you know, they need to have some guys that will be able to step up and, and catch the football. Uh, Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, they're all back, but uh, they're all sophomores and juniors. Uh, in the running game, though, you get Aiden Robbins, this big 6'3", 230-pound running back out of UNLV. Um, he's a guy that, if you listen to my podcast uh, last year at all, I talked about him quite a bit because he was that physical presence there for the running Rebels. Uh, got to see him play early on in the season. Uh, transferred in from Louisville and uh, went over 1,000 yards for the Rebs. Uh, you know, 23 receptions as well, had nine touchdowns, played in 11 games. You know, got a little bit of the injury bug, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Same goes for Isaac Rex. This is a guy that's battled some injuries in his time as well. Um, 6'6", 255, the junior. Um, hasn't really lived up to uh, really that, you know, when he burst onto the scene as a freshman. I think everybody remembers that, um, you know, as a, as a freshman, retro freshman, uh, over 400 yards and 12 touchdowns. Everyone talking about this is going to be the, the breakout star at tight end. Didn't really live up to that bill in 2021. This last year, another 320 yards and six touchdowns. I think Keaton Slovis, that's going to be a security blanket for him. Uh, and then that offensive line. Um, no Blake Freeland. He's moved on to the league. And then the uh, Barrington brothers. Uh, they, they've both taken off to Baylor. We'll be talking about them here in a moment. But uh, Kingley, Kingsley Sua Mataya, 6'6", 315. This is the guy that's finally going to get his shot at left tackle now that uh, Breakfield is going. He played right right tackle. This is a guy that uh, over 300 pass block attempts and uh, shut, it, you know, shut everybody down. No sacks uh, or anything like that given up. And uh, you know, what's interesting is... Uh, Bruce Feldman noted in the, the Freaks list that offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick uh, was saying that Kingsley is actually the most athletic and violent offensive lineman he's ever coached, and he's coached Garrett Bowles and Blake Freeland. Blake Freeland, if you if you forgot about it, you know this is a guy that ran a 4.9840 and, and jumped 37 inches at the combine. 
mean, those were both combined records as Bruce Feldman. You know, well, the 37-inch vertical leap was a was a combined record that, that Bruce Feldman points out here. Um, you know, Sumataya is a lot bigger than Freeland um, and is just dynamic as an athlete. Um, you know, they, they, the sports scientist there at BYU is, is saying that he's faster than some of the linebackers. A freak in the weight room. Um, it's just, it's crazy looking at this. You know, ran 21 and a half miles per hour as a 318 pound freshman. I mean, that's just staggering. So when you look at this, when you talk about the, the tackle group, you have Olu Fashanu, you have Joe Alt, and you have JC Latham. Who's going to be the fourth tackle? If it's not Kingsley Suomataya, I don't know who it is. Um, the rest of the group is going to be an interesting interesting mix. Connor Pay is only a junior at the center spot, but he's a returning uh, returning starter from a season ago. And then they get Paul Myla, uh, you know, who transfers in. I uh, want to say he transferred in from, from Utah, so they, they get another veteran presence there up front, 6'2", 300 pounds, the right guard. Um, I, I think he could make some noise um, as a potential draftable prospect. A little undersized, so you really want to see you know some of that physicality with which he plays. Uh, defensively, uh, you know, th this is a team that um, they, they've got some holes and, that they need to fill, but uh, they've got the pass rusher, Tyler Batty, 6'5", 273. He's only a junior, but uh, a big year getting after the quarterback. Uh, you know, we could potentially be talking about him uh, you know, as, a, as a guy that could be deciding that he wants to come out and enter the draft. Um, a guy that I think can put some pressure there he just needs to show the consistency that's really the biggest thing that we're kind of waiting for with him um, so that's going to be interesting to kind of see that dynamic how it plays out uh, Caden Hawes also a, a junior the nose tackle 6'2 305 I think he comes back I think really bad he's probably going to come back for another year as well they do have Max Tooley uh, 6'2", 215 pounds, undersized linebacker, but a guy that flies around and makes plays. He struggled with some injuries, uh, couldn't always stay on the field, but I think Ben Bywater is the guy to really watch out for. He's 6'3", 235 pounds, 98 tackles, had three interceptions. He's the guy that I think can be a playmaker for them. Keep an eye out there. Um, I, I forgot about the right tackle. Uh, I got to back up for a second. Caleb Etienne, a transfer from Oklahoma State. He's 6'8", 325. Uh, he has a chance if uh, you know if this team can really get going, especially with that that running game, to uh, to make some noise towards the back end of day number three. Uh, you know, they get a, a transfer from from Utah State, Naj Vongpachong, uh, 6'2", 230 pounds, uh, veteran presence there as well. Uh, not really considering him for the draft at this point, but a guy that uh, is going to give a good veteran presence. Um, you know, the safeties, I think, are also going to be veterans for this group. Uh, I think it's kind of led by, by Micah Harper, the sophomore, and then Malik Moore at 6'1", 195 pounds, a senior, uh, a guy that I'm expecting to uh, kind of help lead that group on the back end of the defense. Uh, I think that's where they're going to struggle is really in that secondary more than anything else. The cornerbacks are really going to have to step up. Uh, you know, I think Tyler Batty's going to need some help getting after the quarterback. And then, uh, you know, if the linebackers can stay healthy, that'll be the real strength of that defense. Uh, but BYU, you know, I, it, the, the fun is going to be up front, you know, watching Kingsley Suomataya, watching Aiden Robinson. And, and really, can they keep Keaton Slovis healthy? If they can, you know, can he return to some of what we saw when he was there at, at USC? That's really when he was at his best. 
Um, yes, there were a lot of mistakes, a lot of interceptions. But I think that was also a product of the system. I don't think he was a Graham Harrell, really a Graham Harrell quarterback. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do there uh, under the, the, the guidance of, of Aaron Roderick. Next on the list, I guess, has to be Baylor, right? Um, you know, Dave Aranda's group. Um, you know, look, Aranda really started, you know, started hot with, with this program. Um, you know, now he's 20 and 16 in three years. Uh, you know, I, I think the league's really kind of caught up to, to things, figured out his defense a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, you're looking at, at Blake Shapin there at the quarterback position, the junior. Uh, they get uh, Sawyer Robertson, a transfer from Mississippi State as well. Uh, you know, and really that, the quarterback play hasn't been the best for the Baylor Bears. And uh, so that's really where I think you're going to have to see uh, see some improvement. Shapin had 10 interceptions a season ago. They're going to have to get some help there. Um, at the receiver spot, You know, I, I think you look at uh, Monterey Baldwin and Hal Presley. They're both juniors. We're going to see them come back for, for another season. Um, but those are guys that I, I think we're expecting. Also, Josh Cameron, we can't forget about him. Keytron Jackson is a transfer from Arkansas. So he provi provides some depth, but a lot of young uh, young uh, wide receivers. Uh, Richard Reese, the running back, only a sophomore, 5'9", 175. Uh, he's the, the top returning running back, 972 yards and 14 touchdowns a season ago as a freshman. Um, Dominic Richardson transfers in from Oklahoma State. Um, he'll be a guy that I think will kind of be able to spell, um, spell Reese a little bit. Um, I, I think ultimately he's a guy that is going to be pushing to try to uh, you know, make a name for himself as a priority free agent. Um, on the offensive line, only one returning starter from a season ago, and that's Gavin Byers, a left guard. Uh, but the guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing play is Clark Barrington, the senior, 6'6", 305, the transfer from BYU. I think he can be physical at the point of attack, uh, a guy that has some talent to play, you know, all over the line. Um, I think he's a guy that, for me, is going to be a, a early day three pick in, in, in the draft. He's going to be playing with his brother, Campbell Barrington. Um, really want to see what he can do there at that left tackle position. Um, defensively, TJ Franklin, your defensive end, 6'5", 285 pounds. Um, big physical dude. Gabe Hall on the opposite side at 6'6", and 296 pounds, four and a half sacks a season ago. Uh, he's a guy that, look, he can play end, he can play tackle. I think some versatility to his game. He'll be a guy that I think we'll be talking about um, come draft time. I, I really do. I think he's a guy that uh, can be a stud. TJ Franklin has the size. I just want to see him put everything together and, uh, and be the guy for them. Um, Matt Jones. You know, this is a guy that kind of filled in at the linebacker spot. I want to say it was when Terrell Bernard went down to injury, and uh, he really hasn't looked back. He's 6'3", 224 pounds, 65 tackles a season ago. Uh, battled some injuries, but he's back. He'll be a, a, a guy to keep an eye out for, for sure. Uh, Mike Smith, the transfer from Liberty. This is a guy, you know, he's athletic. He's 6'1", 225, a senior. Uh, it was one of the playmakers there for the Flames. So I, I think he's a, he's a guy that also has a chance. Jones Smith, you know, again, late day three, priority free agent. Uh, Garmin Randolph, he's 6'7", 247. I mean, just the, the, size, the sheer size is, is what's intriguing. And I think that's what's going to keep uh, you know keep the eyes on him. 
but uh, you know, can he play consistently? That's really the big question mark. Uh, four and a half sacks a season ago. Uh, he's a guy that I really am, am looking forward to seeing. You know, see if he can elevate his game. Uh, in the secondary, only one returning starter, and that's Devin Lemire. Um, you know, the, only a sophomore. Uh, you know, I, I think you got Bryson Jackson, uh, converted linebacker, who's going to be playing that, that star position now. He's going to be somebody, you know, he's 6'2", 204. He'll be someone to watch out for. He's, he's switching positions. Uh, he's a seventh-year senior, though, so obviously you've got some medical concerns there. Ultimately, I look at Baylor, and, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a big question mark with them. I think the, the front seven uh, is going to be solid. Really, it's the front six because they run a 3-3-5. But, uh, you know, I think that'll be probably the strength of their team. And, uh, you know, I think Richard Reese will have another big year for them, only a sophomore, so we can't really talk about him for the draft. I think Baylor is going to struggle this year. Um, I think they'll, they'll struggle to win six games. Um, I just I don't see enough playmakers. Uh, but, look, Dave Aranda with his defense, you know, I, I think that's something that we'll have to continue to, to see kind of play out. Oklahoma State. Let's talk about the Cowboys, shall we? The quarterback spot, uh, you know, Spencer Sanders, you know, kind of an up and down year a season ago. Uh, he decides he's going to transfer to Ole Miss. It sounds like he's going to hold the clipboard for, for Jackson Dart. I thought that was an interesting and kind of a strange uh, transfer. Uh, Alan Bowman steps in, a guy that's, that's, look, you know, he's played at a lot of different schools, Texas Tech, Michigan, um, battled some injuries. You know, a guy that uh, I think this is kind of his last shot, his last hurrah. Uh, 6'4", 209, good size. Uh, I think the returner that, that they get at the receiver spot to really keep an eye out for is Brendan Presley, 5'8", 175. Can be a weapon on the outside, but he's really a guy that's going to be uh, a threat in the slot. 67 catches, 813 yards, uh, 100, uh, I'm sorry, 1,203 all-purpose yards as well. Very sudden guy. He's a day three candidate. Uh, they also bring in uh, Deshaun Stribling from Washington State, Arlen Bruce the fourth from Iowa. That'll also give them uh, some depth at the receiver spot, both juniors. Um, but I think there are two guys that that you need to keep an eye out for. And then the same thing with with the the cowboy back or your fullback, whichever you want to call it, uh, tight end, if you will, Braden Cassidy, six two two forty one. You know, not a guy that uh, you know we'll be considering for the draft. But a guy that I think could could play a, a big role there for for that passing attack. Um, when you look at things uh, in the running game, you know obviously with Dominic Richardson leaving, um, Ollie Gordon, Jaden Nixon are going to be the guys that that are going to have to get things going. They're uh, a couple of underclassmen, not draft eligible. Uh, so you're seeing a theme here. You know a lot of guys that are that are younger up front offensively. Preston Wilson, the right guard. Jake Springfield, the right tackle, are the two seniors that. Uh, I'll be be watching and, and uh, studying a little bit, uh, but I, I think that you know it'll be a, a stretch right now to consider them uh, for the draft. Uh, I think really the, the talent is going to be on the defensive side of the football. You look at Colin Oliver, 6'2", 235 pounds, uh, five sacks a season ago. But uh, this is a guy that I think everybody is waiting to see if he can return to form um, from that that. that standout freshman season in 2021 where he had 15 and a half tackles for loss and 10 and a half sacks really kind of in a reserve role he's going to be counted upon to have a huge year and i'm just i'm worried i, I you know i'm waiting to see it and uh you know yeah 16 and a half sacks 23 tackles for loss over the last two seasons sounds great 
when you know the majority of that production was really happening as a freshman. You want to see what this guy could do. Um, so that that's going to be a, a huge question mark. Um, you know, they get a couple of guys from Tulsa that are going to be intriguing. Um, Anthony Goodlow uh, is is a, a defensive end, 6'5", 256 pounds, um, has 12 sacks in his career. Uh, can he put consistent pressure, take some, some of that pressure off of uh, Colin Oliver? Uh, and then you have Justin Wright. Justin Wright is a guy that I don't think is, is the best athlete by any means. Uh, 6'2", 234 pounds. But this is a guy, you know, 254 tackles, 27.5 for loss, 7.5 sacks. Had 101 tackles uh, a season ago for the Golden Hurricane. Uh, look, you know, four interceptions in his career. He just has a nose for a football. He's instinctive, um, but I think the lack of athleticism um, is really going to be his downfall when we were talking about the next level. I'm looking forward to seeing what Xavier Benson can do, obviously with uh, their leading tackler uh, from a season ago, Mason Cobb, leaving for the Trojans. Xavier Benson's going to be a guy that they're going to be relying upon. Uh, 76 tackles a season ago. I want to see him elevate his game. He's going to be a senior, so I, I really think you know, if he wants to get himself drafted, six foot, 215, he's undersized already. He's going to have to fly around and make a lot of plays. I think really the, the stud on the back end of their defense is going to be Kendall Daniels. You know, six four, 213, the safety. He's only a sophomore, um, but I think he's going to be the the dude that everyone's going to be talking about there um, on the back end of, of that Oklahoma State defense. Um, I, I just I look at Oklahoma State. I think there are a lot of question marks, a lot of holes. What are we really going to see um, out of them? What's their identity going to be? Um, I think there's some potential on the defensive side of the football. Just there, there are just so many question marks and so many holes that it's kind of hard to really get excited about uh, Oklahoma State at this point. Which kind of leads me to Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is another team that, you know, can we really get excited for the Bearcats right now? Um, you know, that, that's a huge question mark. Uh, Scott Satterfield taking over for, um, for Luke Fickle, who moved on to Wisconsin, right? So you look at the, the offense, they're returning one starter, and that's the center, Gavin Gerhardt. Um, Emery Jones takes over at the quarterback spot with Ben Bryant. Um, transferring out and with Emory Jones he's playing for his third team as well um, you know, played at Florida and Arizona State 6'2", 211 um, a guy that looked last year in his first year at Arizona State played in eight games 62% completion percentage seven touchdowns before interceptions needs to cut down on the mistakes did have 758 yards in his last year there at Florida in 2021 Really struggled to really do a whole lot there at Arizona State. I thought that that, that was not – he was not – just not a good fit there for the Sun Devils. Um, so uh, he's, he's kind of a dual threat type of quarterback. Not really sure what you're going to see there. Um, you know, Corey Kiner is going to be their leading running back. Only a junior. Question marks there. They, they get D. Wiggins, you know, a senior from, from, uh, from Louisville. Donovan Ollie from Washington State. Both seniors, both 6'3 receivers. Um, but I, I just, it, there's nothing that really gets me excited with this group. That's that's the biggest thing that I think and my biggest takeaway is. is I, I just don't know what we're going to see. They're losing a lot of guys. And, uh, you know, the guys that could have been back have transferred out on, on offense. So I'm really curious to see what, what the dynamic is going to look like. I just don't know. Um, you know, I think they're going to be putting the defense on the field a lot, and there's a lot to like on defense. That's that's really what it, 
you know, what's a shame. And, and when you look at that, def that defense, I mean, I, I guess it's a good thing that we'll get to see a lot of this defense. Uh, you know, the godfather, Dante Corleone, the nose tackle, 6'1", 323 pounds. Uh, and look, we have to go back to Bruce Feldman's freak list. Uh, Bruce Feldman notes that he's got an, a size 18 shoe, size 11 hand. Uh, Freaking absolutely ridiculous. This is a dude who is, is going to be a, a run stuffer extraordinaire. Um, 44 tackles, five and a half for loss, three sacks, a couple of fumble recoveries, two forced fumbles. Bench press is 485, squat 605, deadlift 700. Uh, seriously, 18 miles per hour, the GPS. Um, very athletic. Um, so that's going to be one of the, the focal points. And if you've got one, why not have two there at the defensive tackle spot that we're going to be talking about? And uh, that's going to be Juwan Briggs. He's actually a defensive end. 6'1", 305 himself. 60 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, three sacks. And, uh, you know, look, Bruce Feldman notes he's already got his bachelor's degree uh, from Virginia in physics and music focus. Dude plays uh, about seven, eight different instruments, which is insane. Uh, squats 700 pounds in high school, deadlifts 655 pounds, 31 reps in the bench press at 225, 18.6 miles per hour. So this is one of the better duos up front. Um, I think Malik Mann, we're expecting to see him step up 6'4", 268. Uh, Corleone and Briggs, though, these are two guys. I think Corleone, because of the run stuffing ability, um, you know, we could be talking about, um, you know, in the middle of day two. Um, I think Briggs is one of those sneaky guys that we're going to see, you know, emerge um, early day three. Um, you know, I think Daniel Greziak coming over from Utah State is the guy that knows how to get after the quarterback. Eight and a half sacks, 13 tackles for loss a season ago. Um, you know, so they've got some pass rush ability there as well. Um, I think you also have to get excited about Deshaun Pace, the star back. A guy that's played linebacker, moving back to kind of a safety type role, 6'2", 210 pounds. He's a guy for me that flies around and makes plays. You know, I think you know the versatility is something that you're really looking forward to. Um, you know, he played that linebacker role, and you just didn't see enough out of Deshaun Pace. You wanted to see him return to that 2021 form, and I, I think that that's really where he was at his best. You allow him to just move freely. Uh, 95 tackles. Nine and a half going for loss, four interceptions. He's a playmaker, and he'll be a guy that I think is going to be a key piece on the back end of that defense for sure. Um, you know, the safety Byron Threats, uh, you know, 5'10, 192 pounds, only a junior. He'll be a guy to watch out for, but very young in the secondary. So that's a big question mark there. I, I really think the front and Deshaun Pace, that's going to be what's going to be fun to watch with Cincinnati on the defensive side of the football. Uh, you know, offensively, there's just going to be so many question marks. I just, I really don't know where to turn, what, where to look, what the, the strength is really going to be of that team. Um, it's just going to be a, a huge toss-up, a huge gamble, and uh, I think you're going to see a, a big step back in year one under Scott Satterfield. I think he's really got his work cut out for him, but, uh, you know, more power to him. We'll see exactly what that looks like. Um, come week one UCF you know the UCF look you know season to go nine and five six and two in the in the uh, American Conference they, they bring in a quarterback who started a season ago and John Rice Pumley and uh, you know look this is a guy he's, he's athletic 
you know, over 2,500 yards through the air, 14 touchdowns, but eight interceptions. Definitely needs to cut down on the mistakes. Six foot, 200 pounds, not the biggest guy by any means. Uh, the running back, um, R.J. Harvey, wasn't even the top running back. It was, you know, Plumlee was the guy. 862 yards and 11 touchdowns. Plumlee, because of his athleticism, it is intriguing more so as a as an athlete. You, know, you think of Taysom Hill, could John Rice Plumlee fit a role like that? I think when you look at the receivers, uh, Javon Baker, Kobe Hudson, both 6'1-ish, 200 pounds. Both of those guys, I think, have talent. They, with a big year with Plumlee, there's a chance that we could be talking about them, uh, you know, probably mid to late day three, potentially also as uh, undrafted free agents, priority free agents. But I think there's a chance there. And then when you look at the offensive line, look at that left tackle, look at Tylen Grable, uh, big, and physical, he's 6'7", 290 pounds. He's intriguing. Same with Lokahi Paule, uh, 6'4", 305. Now, Paule, two-year starter versus Grable, uh, who was a, a transfer from Jacksonville State. Started 14 games, though. I think those are the two guys up front that uh, you know, I'll be evaluating potentially for the next level. Then you look at the defense. Defense has a lot of guys up front that, are, that you can get excited about. Josh Seliscar, 6'4", 265, good length. A guy that I think you know just needs to be more consistent getting after the quarterback. Um, you know, he and his brother, uh, you know, were were staples there on the on the on that defensive side. Wearing number 88, he's kind of hard to miss. 20 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks. Just want to see him elevate his game. I think he's got you know he's he's a good athlete, but uh, really want to see him be a lot more consistent. I think the guy for me up front is going to be Ricky Barber, 6'3", 290. Um, you know, he he started his career at Western Kentucky. Played the last two years there at UCF. And this is a guy, look, he has the potential to, to make plays behind the line of scrimmage and really in the, in uh, you know, getting after the quarterback. 21 and a half tackles for loss, 11 sacks in his career. Uh, when you look at it, you know, 49 tackles this past season, you know, very active from that defensive tackle position. And then Tremont Morris Brash, he's 6'2", 245, a guy that I think, um, you know, when I look at Ricky Barber, I, I think of Kobe Turner. And I think Ricky Barber could potentially see that rise uh, up draft boards that we saw with Kobe Turner. Um, with Tremont Morris Brash, though, I think he's more of a day three guy um, and a guy that is likely going to be a, an outside linebacker, just a little undersized to play you know, with his hand in the dirt. But 13 tackles for loss, six sacks a season ago. Uh, and then Jason Johnson, you know, really the one linebacker of, of note on the roster. But look, he's 6'4", 224 pounds. 126 tackles a season ago. He's going to fly around to make plays. And then when you get to that secondary, Decorian Patterson, that's the name to look out for. Six foot, 193 pounds. Decorian Patterson is a guy that I think could end up being uh, a top-tier corner. Um, you know, Really, people forgot about him because he was playing at uh, Middle Tennessee State. But uh, seven interceptions a season ago to lead FBS. 12 pass breakups as well. Uh, you know, 29 total pass breakups in his career. You know, also has 10 and a half tackles for loss under his belt. Had 65 tackles this past season. You know, he's a guy that isn't afraid to put, you know, stick his nose into the mix. But uh, he's a playmaker. He's an absolute playmaker. He's a guy on the outside. Um, when he transferred in, you know, obviously now we're going to get to see him in Power Five conference play. And what can he do against you know the likes of Quinn Ewers, Dylan Gabriel, and company? Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing some big things from Corey and Patterson. Honestly, of the four newcomers to the Big 12, 
I think the team that's going to make the most noise, just looking at the roster now, is UCF. I think the Golden Knights are well positioned to have a solid year. I think they've got some talent both on the offensive and defensive side of the football. And, um, you know, I, I think their game is going to play well in the Big 12. And uh, there are some teams with a ton of question marks. So if John Rice Plumley can have a big year, then I think UCF will be in that, that talk as kind of that second tier of, of teams in the Big 12, which will take us to Houston. I think the final of the group, and, and honestly, Houston's actually better off than, than Cincinnati. Dana Holgerson returning to the Big 12, if you will, uh, eight and five a season ago. Um, obviously, you lose Clayton Toon, you lose Tank Dell, um, you know, one of the most prolific duos in, in school history for sure. Uh, you bring in Donovan Smith, uh, the, the, the junior from Texas Tech, and that's going to be a big question mark is, is can he play consistent football? Can he stay healthy? He's kind of that, that dual threat guy there at that quarterback spot, but he's big duty, 6'5", 241. Um, you know, I think he could potentially be poised for a big year running this offense for uh, Dana Holgerson. But the question is going to be, who's going to be his his, uh, his receiver? You know, they've got a lot of sophomores there at the receiver group. You know, Samuel Brown, Matthew Golden, Joseph Manjack. Who's going to step up and be that guy? Um, but the guy I'm really looking forward to watching play is is Patrick Paul, the six seven, three hundred sixteen pounder. Uh, he, he's a junior. Um, and a guy that, look, he's, he's allowed four sacks in just under 1,100 pass-blocking snaps. Uh, he's physical at the point of attack. Uh, you know, his brother, Chris Paul, you know, from Tulsa, obviously a guy that went in the draft. Um, but you look at Patrick Paul, you know, I, I think he moves well. I think the lateral quickness is there. Uh, but, you know, the power in his hands, he's very physical at the point of attack. He's a guy that I think, you know, you can get excited about. Um, defensively, David Ogwebu transfers in from OU. He's a guy that, you know, when he's playing that um, inside linebacker position, he, he made some plays there at OU. Um, you know, he's 6'4", 248 pounds, 109 tackles this last season, 7.5 going for loss, two stacks. Uh, the question is really going to be where are they going to be playing him? Is he going to be a, a linebacker? It sounds like he's probably going to be more pass, you know, pass rush oriented. We just haven't seen much of that from him. So I'll be curious to see, you know, moving from that linebacker spot to kind of an edge rush position, what are we going to see from him? You know, we could end up seeing a big year out of him. It's just it's a big question mark right now. Not really sure what you're going to get. You know, this is a defense that really struggled in 2020, you know, with uh, 112, uh, 112th in points per game. Uh, allowed, and that's 32.2. Um, you know, I think the, the defensive front is going to be a strength. Chidozi Nwankwo is a junior, the nose guard, uh, 5'11", 295, undersized guy, but a guy that knows how to, to plug up the middle. Nelson Caesar will be a nice pass rusher, uh, 6'3", 250, also a junior. Uh, and then I think probably the, the most intriguing of the holdovers maybe is Ikea Strong. He's 6'5", 265, tremendous length. It's just a matter of can he put everything together. That's, I think, going to be the big question mark right now. Um, very inexperienced in linebacker and really in, in the secondary as well. The only returning starter is Galen Emery, the 5'9", 175-pound sophomore nickel. Um, so they've got a lot of holes that they're going to have to fill 
and, and really kind of figure some things out. They've got some transfers that came in. Brian George from Texas A&M. Uh, Isaiah Hamilton from Texas Southern. Those are going to be guys that are going to be stepping up. Uh, Antonio Brooks had a really nice spring. Um, the 5'11", 200-pound safety. But uh, I, I just I don't see much in terms of uh, – guys that I'd be interested in for the draft. I think really David Aguebu is, is the one that's interesting uh, and intriguing for me. Uh, Strong and Caesar are two guys and, and you know that we could be talking about next year potentially if they have a big year. I just, you know, Houston, the, the excitement's really going to be on the offensive side. What could Donovan Smith do? Uh, what could Patrick Paul at that left tackle position? But uh, with, with all the question marks there, um, on both sides of the football, I think Houston is going to struggle uh, early and often. Iowa State, you know, this is a team. I, I think you know the, the fall from grace uh, with, with Hunter Deckers and the, and the gambling scandal. You know, who's going to ultimately play quarterback if it's not going to be him? You have Jarrell Brock, the six foot, two hundred twenty pound senior running back. He's back, just four hundred forty five yards and three touchdowns a season ago. Um, it looks like they've got a trio of backs that, that'll be sharing some time there. Um, then you look at, at the receiving group. Obviously, you've got to replace Xavier Hutchinson. Hutchinson. You know, this guy had a school record 107 catches a season ago. How do you replace that? That's going to be a huge question mark. Um, you know, you've got Jalen Noel. You've got Dimitri Stanley. Um, not really sure what you got there. But then you have Jaden Higgins, 6'4", 215 pounds. Um, He's the guy that, you know, you're wondering, is he going to be the next Xavier Hutchinson? Uh, Eastern Kentucky transfer, I think he's the guy that's going to make some uh, some noise there in that passing attack. Uh, it's just going to be, you know, who's going to get him the football? That's that's going to be a huge, huge question mark. Uh, the tight end, uh, Deshaun Hanica. You know, obviously, you know, gone are the days of, of Charlie Kolar and, and Chase Allen and all the guys there lining up at tight end. But, uh, you know, Deshaun Hanica, you know, he's 6'6". 238 pounds, 240 pounds. Um, but this is a guy, you know, 244 catches, four touchdowns a season ago. Um, he's a guy that, you know, hopefully he'll be able to kind of help, uh, you know, both as a pass protector and as a run blocker. Uh, I think Daryl Simmons and Jake Remsburg on the right side of the line, that's really going to be your strength. They're both seniors. Um, I'll be evaluating them to see, you know, see what they can do, you know, in terms of moving on to the next level. Obviously, when you lose a guy like Will McDonald the fourth, the guy that you know, look, he was one of the best pure pass rushers, and uh, the athleticism is off the charts. That's why the Jets drafted him in round number one. I look at the defense, and uh, the one guy that I kind of gravitate towards is TJ Tampa. That's really the big guy that I get excited about. Um, he's big at that quarterback position, 6'2", 185, uh, 185 pounds, and he's very physical. He's a guy that isn't afraid to come up and hit you in the mouth, both in the running game and, uh, you know, just with guys coming over the middle. Five tackles for loss, nine pass breakups, you know, had an interception. He's really going to be the, the focal point of that passing attack. Um, but, yeah, you know, there are just so many question marks with this group, especially at that quarterback position. If Iowa State doesn't have somebody that can really throw the football, I think Matt Campbell could be in for a long year. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that – uh, you know, I think had a lot of momentum, especially with Brock Purdy uh, when he was there. I think he's really struggling to kind of get that back, capture lightning in the bottle again. Um, but I think he's in a much better position than uh, than 
Neil Brown at West West Virginia. I think Neil Brown's probably on his way out. Um, he was the hot young coach coming out of Troy, um, and you know five and seven this past season. And I just I don't know how many wins we're going to see this year out of this group. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, um, you know I, I think you know the big exciting thing is going to be C.J. Donaldson, their their sophomore running back, 6'2", 239. This guy is is powerful. He's a guy that's going to run you over. He's going to be fun to watch. Um, but you know Garrett Green, um, you know inexperienced there at that that quarterback spot. He was a guy that was sharing some time with uh, with J.T. Daniels, who's moved on to to Rice. I think their strength though is going to be on the offensive line. You know, you've got Zach Frazier, 6'3", 310, the junior, a guy that I think with a big year could decide to come out and enter the draft. I think he'll be the top two or three centers uh, in the country. Um, I, I really do. I think Cedric Van Praan, uh, Frazier, and uh, and probably Bryce Foster of Texas A&M are probably your top three right now with Matthew Lee of Miami also in that mix as well. Uh, but the, le- the right tackle, Doug Nestor, 6'7", 318, good size. Expecting to see him have a big year, especially, you know, he transferred from uh, Virginia Tech, um, and now he's he's in this group. Interesting to see what he can do. And then, you know, a tight end that's going to be interesting is Cole Taylor. Transferred from LSU, um, I think in this offense, it'll be interesting to see what he can do there. Um, you also get NC State transfer Devin Carter. Um, you know, I think with West Virginia, you know, they, they've had some receivers come in and out of that group. Um, but when I look at, at Devin Carter, he's a guy that has that size of 6'3", 215 pounds, a veteran presence. He's coming over from the ACC. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm at least intrigued. I want to see what's going to happen there. Obviously, his quarterback, Devin Leary, took off for, for, uh, for Kentucky. So he's transferring here to West Virginia um, and, and only played in nine games a season ago. He's averaged right around 500 yards receiving. Um, I think he could be the focal point. I think that's really what he's looking for is is to be the the, the guy, if you will, for the Mountaineers. Um, when you look at, at Sean Martin, um, eight tackles for loss, four sacks a season ago, junior defensive end, 6'5", 293, excellent size. He's a guy that I think has, has next-level potential, as does Jared Bartlett, their, their linebacker, 6'2", 236 pounds. Bartlett's another guy that uh, flies around, makes plays, looks to hit you in, in the mouth quite a bit. Uh, and then Lee uh, Pogba, you know, he's 6'1", 231. He was a leading tackler from a season ago. He's going to man the middle of the defense. So he's another intriguing prospect. And then uh, they get Montreal, Montre Miller, a transfer from Kent State. Look, the golden flashes, when you lose a head coach like Sean Lewis, you're going to see a mass exodus. And West Virginia really gets a guy that can be that, that star corner for them. 18 pass breakups in his career go along with six interceptions, including four uh, in 2021, a six-year senior. He's really going to be the guy that uh, needs to step up and have a big year on the back end of that defense. But, uh, again, I think Neil Brown has his work cut out for him, and he's really going to be struggling to uh, keep his job uh, there at West Virginia. It's going to be a struggle and uh, I'll be curious to see really how that all plays out. So Big 12, like I said, Texas is probably their conference to lose, but OU I think is gaining ground, and uh, if they can get some consistent quarterback play from Dylan Gabriel, they could be right there in the mix and, and potentially supplant 
Texas as the uh, as the the team to beat. Um, I think when you look at the teams that are coming in, you've got BYU and you've got uh, UCF on one end, and then you've got Houston and Cincinnati on the other towards the bottom of this group. And then K-State, TCU, Texas Tech, and Kansas are probably the, the group of teams that are probably a step right below uh, UT and OU. So the games to watch, obviously, on, on the second, Colorado against TCU. Um, man, you got Coach Prime going up against the, the team that uh, made it all the way to the national championship. Uh, really looking forward to seeing that matchup. Chandler Morris getting a uh, back under center. That'll be a fun, intriguing matchup. Then you got Texas traveling to Tuscaloosa um, on September 9th. Steve Sarkeesian making his return to Bryant Denny Stadium. And uh, look, you know, what can Quinn Ewers do as kind of an encore performance? Can he stay healthy? Um, I think Texas has a shot against Alabama. Um, as you continue to go, obviously you've got the backyard brawl, Pittsburgh against West Virginia on September 16th. Probably not the most exciting game um, that, that we're going to see, that's for sure. Um, obviously, OU Texas, the Red River rivalry, October 7th, Dallas, Texas. Keep an eye out for that game. Obviously, last year, the 49 to nothing blowout. Um, you know, obviously they, they wound up having to have uh, Braden Willis kind of as a wildcat quarterback there. This year, if anything happens to Gilly, Dylan Gabriel, you've got Jackson Arnold, uh, and that's going to be one of the games of the year. I, I think that's really going to be an exciting game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than, than we've seen uh, th this rivalry in quite some time. It's going to be an exciting game. Uh, TCU and K-State, October 21st, mat, uh, rematch of the Big 12 championship. Um, you know, Will Howard, I think this is a chance for him to kind of start making a name for himself and put himself into that conversation kind of as a late day three guy, but I think a guy that could definitely get himself drafted. Um, and I think this could be K-State's you know, ability to really set the stage to be that number three team in the Big 12. Uh, Bedlam could be the last Bedlam for a while. November 4th, uh, that'll be in Stillwater. OU taking on Oklahoma State. You know, Look, they, they throw the, the records out in this game. You know, a lot of games are played you know, much closer, but I think OU, uh, it should be a dominant game for them. Um, K-State taking on Texas on November 4th. I, I think this is going to be an intriguing matchup as well. Um, can K-State, uh, you know, they play a, a physical brand of football. Can they push Texas around, or, or can Texas really showcase, you know, the, the ability to, to fly around and make plays both on offense and defense? Texas follows that up a week later going to Fort uh, Fort Worth Amon G Carter Stadium that'll be a fun game on November 11th uh, OU taking on BYU um, what's interesting is uh, Athlon Sports has noted that this is their first ever trip to Provo for OU um, and so that's really an, an interesting matchup um, I, I think OU uh, wins this game handedly but I, I'm really curious to see what, what Bothroyd Grimes and Downs could do against Kingsley Suomataya. Um, I, I think just any any of the matchups this year, um, you know, I want to see what what Suomataya can do. Is there anybody that can get by this guy? That's going to be uh, really a fun matchup. And then I think to close things out on November 18th, um, obviously you've got the I guess it's called the Sunflower Show, Showdown rivalry. Um, that's K State and Kansas, um, and, and really. What's, where's where's Jaden Daniels at in his development? 
I think he's a quarterback we'll be talking about for next year's draft. Uh, but can he continue his development as a passer? That's really the big thing. You know, he's, we already know he's a tremendous athlete, but can he really uh, turn the corner as a passer this year? That can really help him set the stage for next season. So we've put the Big 12 to bed. Um, you know, like I said, Texas, Oklahoma, those will be the two teams to keep an eye out for in their final year in the Big 12. We're going to then move on to the ACC. And obviously, when you're looking at a conference that has the likes of Drake May, Jared Verse, Jordan Travis, Will Shipley, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., Barrett Carter, there are other names that you also have to make sure to be talking about. And we're going to make sure that we touch on Riley Leonard and Graham Barton of Duke, obviously the guys on the interior there for Clemson and Duke Orojaro and Tyler Davis. How about Leonard Taylor and Akeem Mesidor up front for the Hurricanes and then Cam Kitchens and James Williams on the back end of that defense. Uh, there, there are a lot of guys to, to get excited about in this conference. A lot of guys that I think we'll be talking about on all three days of the draft. So we'll be covering that here in the next day or so. So stick around. We'll cover the ACC, we'll talk about the Pac-12, we'll get into Group of Five, and then we'll also talk about uh, Week Zero of the college football season that's coming up on the 26th. Got a lot to cram into these next few days, so that's why we'll be bringing podcasts to you each and every day leading up to the 26th. So until next time, everyone, for ReadyForTheDraft.com, this has been the Ready For The Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Shoots. Take care, everyone. Until next time, I am out of here.